Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Seahawkers podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, member of the military Seahawkers, and across the table from me, wearing a blue and black or golden white dress. I, I'm not sure which. It might be both. Adam Emmert. Why am I wearing a dress? You didn't see the dress, man. The last, the slat. Well, you're, I guess you're not big into social media, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a picture of a dress going around, and pretty much everybody in the world saw it, except for you. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. In the picture, it looks like it's a it's a gold and white dress. Okay, but, but other but some people see it as a black and blue okay. dress, We're, and it's actually black and blue. I'm about to make you black and blue, all right? Because we're going to have to agree to ixnay the pop culture references in the intro to the show. Last week, it was the Oscars. Who This is football, okay? Nobody gives a crap about the trumped-up Oscars. And then today, now I'm wearing a dress, some dress that... Is on social whatever. Hey, at least I didn't say you rode in on a llama. That was one of the other things that went on that you probably didn't hear about. There were, there were escaped no. llamas last week, Adam. And not being online, on you loose? miss out on this stuff. I, yeah, these miss were... out or get to not have to know. Even if that doesn't even make sense, I, I don't think I, I have to know about these things. Like my my brain is uncluttered. <laughs> I can think of things like who could the Hawks get a tight end this year, or you know something along those lines. You know. Football related. Yeah. No, that's probably a good idea. We okay. should probably knock that off. All right. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Well, right. uh, we I'm grumpy gonna... today a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a little grumpy. I'm a little low on energy. I'm going to try to muscle through this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we did. I guess we did talk about whether or not we were going to do this Wednesday rather than tonight. But we do have an it's, interview yeah, no, with Keith interview. Myers of 12thmanrising.com. Mm-hmm. Kind enough to do it twice with us. <laughs> we are. It's not our sharpest day is all I'm getting. Not our sharpest day. But once a year, we forget to hit the record button. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, we caught it this time before the, the, show, uh, before the interview ended. Yeah. Uh, so Only about a quarter that. of the way through. At least there's that. There is. No, it was better. It was a better mistake. <laughs> But Keith was awesome. He he yes. hung in there, and uh, it's a great interview. Thanks you definitely want to yep. hang in there and check it out. And we're going to talk about some other Seahawks stuff, too. We mm-hmm. talk a little bit of Marshawn Lynch. You know, he was in Turkey mm. uh, talking about the NFL. So uh, not big in interview stateside, but go overseas. And, uh, you know, it's it's all Marshawn Lynch all the time. Hey, if I'm going to talk to the media, it's going to be Persian media. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you do it. That's how you do if it. If you're Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. And uh, free agency on the horizon next mm-hmm. week. A lot of teams cutting some 
veteran players uh, mm-hmm. leading up to it, you know, trying to make some room under their cap. Uh, some of those players we talk about, uh, who who might those uh, guys be that the Seahawks might be targeting? Mm-hmm. And uh, franchise tag players, some of those are off the market. Uh, a lot of names that you would expect. And uh, other big news, John Ryan is going to be on... American Ninja Warrior. What is this? this is, I saw him doing it's like another the, television show. The, so. Oh, it's a, okay. I and, saw him doing like the peg, the picture of him doing the pegboard thing. Yeah, yeah. Dude's yoked, <laughs> right? <laughs> he is the Canadian did you, weapon. Did you hear that after he posted those pictures that he, he got, got randomly <laughs> drug tested? Randomly, yeah. Air, in air a lot quotes. like Adam Vinatieri after he nails like a fifty odd some yarder in the playoffs, he right. gets randomly drug tested the next day at yeah, the age of forty five or whatever. Right, NFL. Okay. <laughs> Yes, you have a credibility issue, Roger Goodell's office. Good lord! You know it's it's fine to go ahead and and drug test guys that you have suspicions of, but let's not just call it random, okay? Yeah, <laughs> let's just call yeah. it what it is. Yeah, yeah. let's just uh, let's just under, call it a player under suspicion. You you look too yoked to be a punter pee in a cup, right? Let's let's just call it that. Call it what it is. That's ridiculous. All right, and then we got an email from Randy in Wisconsin mm-hmm. wanting to talk about the idea of holding athletes to an unfair standard. So we're going to get into that. We're going to have the interview with Keith and have our normal do better at better at life. So it's it's kind of a full show, even for an off-season show. It is. And uh, we're going to roll right through it. So let's start off talking a little bit of Marshawn Lynch. Okay. And uh, the idea that people, uh, it's somehow news that Marshawn Lynch says that he was expecting to get the ball uh, on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl. Somehow that made news. I, I What else is he supposed to say? Frickin' duh! <laughs> right? Everybody expected him to get the ball. If he didn't expect to get the ball, why is he even in the game? Of course he expected to get the ball. That's the exact thing that he should say. I don't understand how this is like him undermining the team or 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 angry about the call i mean even he said he said he's like yeah i expect to get the ball but you know like i said after the game it's a team sport like these things happen i right he answered the question in in the most point blank honest way possible it's the most it is the biggest non-story in the world i'd be disappointed if anybody other than an offensive lineman said he <laughs> was not right. expecting to get the ball. Right, and the center should be able to say, I expect to get the ball, because he touches it at yeah. the beginning of every play. <laughs> he, he expects to handle the ball, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. I, the biggest news in this story is that Marshawn Lynch pops up in Turkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was, out of all that came out of that, I was like, what in the heck is he doing in Turkey? And apparently he was there with a couple other players for some sort of football without borders thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, cool stuff. Cool I, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that just... Of course, I, I read a headline saying Marshawn Lynch is in Turkey giving an interview. And you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem weird. No, that, that, not that's, at all. that's par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other big Marshawn Lynch news this last week yeah. is that he had uh, the, a trailer come out about his movie that's being made mm-hmm. after him, a, a biopic uh, about Marshawn Lynch. I've yet to see the trailer. Oh, and you, uh, well, it's now pulled from the internet, apparently. Oh, the, oh. the trailer's gone, too? The trailer's gone. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. No, the, yeah, it was, it was bad. Wow. It, it, was, it was so bad that you could tell by watching the trailer that Marshawn Lynch was the most talented actor in the film. Oh my! <laughs> I, there are if you if you. I look, mean, and I saw his Beacon commercials. Stop freaking call Beacon. 
I, he actually yeah. he actually looked pretty good in the movie. I don't maybe maybe that was just my bias being colored by all of the terrible acting I saw in the other yeah. clips of the show. But it was bad enough that he asked the trailer be pulled, and it sounds like this movie's. Not and it was gonna... supposedly filmed by somebody that he had a long time uh, yeah, relationship with. Yeah, and it sounded like his buddy was kind of upset that. That, yeah, I, you probably would be, wouldn't you? Well, if you spent all this time making a movie, yeah. and then you got it to the point where the trailer was coming out, and the, and it just looked so terrible that... Yeah, Beast Chester, was like, we can't be having can't, this. We can't be doing this. No. If you look really hard, you can find it on the internet still, but... Probably. I, I probably won't get to that. But uh, I think, uh, in a way, this is a good thing for Marshawn. You don't need a movie about your life coming out. No. You don't need that. Just, no. Just be about that action. Yeah. 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 So... But, it's there was one funny scene though that that people are are kind of playing from the trailer and it's one where Marshawn Lynch is talking to like this ten year old kid and he, the ten year old kid asks him a question and and Lynch says Are you a reporter? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. And the kid says No and he said All right, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So that was cool. that was the, the best part from the trailer. Yeah. Everything else, it it did not look good. Oh well. They, so, they can't all be winners. No, can't no, all be winners. I guess when you have your your buddy make it for you, but uh, I, I'm sure he was probably pretty disappointed because it just, it, it, yeah. Anyway, it's not going to happen. No, all right, good, good enough. So moving on, moving on. Uh, it's it's free agency time, Adam. It's almost free agency time. It's yes. almost free agency time, but a lot of veterans are out there getting cut, mm-hmm. and some of them. So they're names. not going to have any more kids. That uh, that is another uh, way to get cut, and I don't think that's the. Uh, that's not what they're doing. No, it oh. might be uh, just. I just figured they were going to be out for like a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they they may have to wait a week before they get you know. Oh, okay. any Interest from other it's a different teams, kind of cut. Is what a you're little bit different kind of cut, and maybe not as painful. Uh, they won't be uh, icing up with a bag of uh, cold peas. I don't know. Their uh, bank account might think it's that painful. That's. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Because there are some big name guys that are getting, going to be ending up with significantly less uh, in their bank account. Uh, that probably means they ought to have been cut exactly. at that point. Yeah. If if the open market isn't going to pay you what your contract was, then why is, why the, team is the team keeping, them around? keeping you around? I well, mean, either you renegotiate or you get cut. Yeah. And that's what happens. And that's what we're starting to see. But out of some of these guys that are out there, Adam, mm-hmm. uh, anybody interesting to you? One of the cuts that came to mind for me was the Philadelphia Eagles' Kerry Williams mm-hmm. and cornerback, starting cornerback, a very feisty guy, a good player. I actually like Kerry Williams' game. Uh, he's not long in the tooth, but he's not the youngest guy either. He's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's most impressive about him to me is over the last three years, he's like in the top three of number of games played at the starting corner position or number of minutes or something along those lines. Very, very durable guy. And you're looking at the LOB this year as we're going into the next and Maxwell being gone, Sherm healing up, Simon healing we, we've up. We've already pretty much written off Maxwell, right? That he's not going to be oh, yeah, he's back the Seahawks. No, we're not paying him 10 million a year. Somebody's going to pay him stupid money and that's fine. Uh, keep getting them checks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as... It, you know, replacing him or in having a guy that is both uh, a personality fit because he's an outspoken guy. He definitely has a large personality. This is the guy that fought Riley Cooper right after Riley Cooper made those yeah, racist, racist remarks comments, at yeah. the at the concert. Um, I, I actually really like Kerry Williams. I think he's the uh, a good, fiery, competitive 
personality fit with the Seahawks. And he could come in and he could play that number two corner role and be very serviceable. And he's not going to command high dollar uh, money, I don't think, on the open market. I mean, maybe he does, but I, I'd be surprised if he's getting more than four, yeah. maybe five a year, something like that. Well, with guys out there, it looks like, um, it, well, we know Brandon Flowers is going to be out there on free agency. He's yeah. going to be, he's, he's kind of one of those. But he's one of those big name guys that's gonna probably mm-hmm. get pretty good money, like Byron Maxwell. Uh, Darrell Rivas is a guy that the Patriots. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to make a deal with him in time, and they use their franchise tag on uh, their kicker mm-hmm. uh, rather than using. Which it makes on their... a lot of sense, actually. I was surprised they didn't go with their the safety. Um, McCordy. Yeah, I think McCordy's overrated. You think? Yeah, you can replace McCordy. Okay. He's a league average safety. I I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just yeah. saying there are guys I, I put out him there above average, but okay. I, he's he's pro bowl caliber. Uh, he's uh, he was a pro bowler this he he was voted to the pro bowl this year. Well, wonderful. I <laughs> I don't know. I, he he had a nice year then, I okay. guess. But no, I don't see him as a year in year out pro bowl guy. Yeah. He had his good year. Okay. Congratulations. But yeah, you use it on the kicker because when you use the franchise tag, it's the average of the top five salaries. The top five salaries for kickers is an astronomical. So that's yeah, like four million for yeah. Kaskowski. So. so exactly. So it's not going to break the bank that way. You keep your kicker, and you know he's the type of guy that wins the games. Well, and, and Revis wouldn't have been franchised anyway because technically he's under contract for the next year. It's just a, a stupid huge, you know, like twenty five million mm-hmm. number that uh, he's under contract for. Right. And that if they can't renegotiate with Revis, it's going to be uh, they're, they're just going to have to cut him, and that's going to make it. To him available to other teams. He is the ultimate mercenary of yes, football. Yes, he is. He I really re- is. I, I kind of respect it. I I do too. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't like it, but I respect it. Let's, right. let, let me put it that way. It's like, where's your team loyalty? But he's like, whatever, man. I, this is a business. Yeah. Who's going to pay me the most to come in? And oh, I'm going to and I'm going to prove myself next year, and then the year after that, I'm back in the same boat. I am surprised more players don't do this. Well, there's not a lot of players with his level of uh, you know, caliber of talent. Either. Sure, but even if you're a mid-range guy, you're gonna stick in the league. Yeah. Somebody's gonna want you. Yeah, most guys like that's a little, you know, kind of that that little bit of added security. Now, NFL contracts aren't fully guaranteed, you know, like other. Right. And we talked about that last week. Right. But, so, I mean, you might as well just sign the one-year deal yeah, at that maybe, point. Maybe and and get as much as you can year Why to year. Not? Why not? Yeah, well, it's working for Revis. So. Yeah, because the cap's only going to go up every year. There's a, there's going to be teams that just need to spend. And now you got your ring. Mm-hmm. Who gives a crap? <laughs> right. Yeah, just go out and get some money. I mean, not that he's short, but uh, on the cash, I think he's earned more money than anybody else in the history of football. <laughs> I wouldn't be game. surprised. I, I think that's based a true on fact. How he's doing this, I think that's a true fact. So, really interesting for Revis, but uh, that's definitely not one of those corners on the radar for no. the Seahawks. Um, I think the other guys are defensive tackle, and we saw Darnell. Oh, can I just Dockett. mention Peanut Tillman real quick? On okay, corners? yeah, go ahead. Because right, that—that's a guy that I think again would be a, a great. Yeah, you think I'm his name a couple times. Yeah, I just—I I really like him as a fit. I think that's a guy come in on a one-year deal and solid veteran. Kind of. What is Pete? The, what is Pete Carroll's number one thing that he preaches? It's all, all about, about the, ball. the ball. And Peanut Tillman is the a, master. At punching out the ball, he causes more fumbles than anybody else at his position. I, I like him as a as a good fit for Seattle. Indeed. So uh, going to defensive line, mm-hmm. uh, Darnell Dockett released by the Arizona Cardinals. This is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. If you're going to open your checkbook a little bit, 
this is the guy because he's not going to command anything next to what Sue commands. No, oh, no. And he's a straight beast. How many years have we sat and wrung our hands over Darnell Dockett and <laughs> how beastly he is on the inside? Well, and he's the guy who said that if he's going to go to a team, he's going to go to a team that's playing in Arizona next year, which oh. most likely m- means that he's going to go to an, to NFC, an NFC West, West team. team. I, I did not hear that quote. Yeah, I, no, he said he's playing in Arizona next year one way or another. Fantastic. <laughs> That's the guy. The 49ers are the first team to bring him in. Sure. You bet. Bring him in. You're not going to you're not going to sit in 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 sign with the 49ers at this point. They they just there's so much turmoil in that organization. I I don't know that unless you're Jared Haney, who apparently, yeah, you know, that's out of three teams, the Seahawks, Lions and 49ers, he goes to the Niners. For all of you who don't recognize that name because you shouldn't because he's an <laughs> Australian rugby player, Hey, don't say it with that tone, man. We have Australian listeners no, that, yeah, I would that say, probably are really I, excited about finding out where I, this guy's going. If this was a podcast about professional Australian rugby and they said uh, Russell Wilson's going to try his hand at rugby, I'd be like, never heard of Russell Wilson? It's because he's an NFL football player. I'd say with the same disdain because you can't just switch leagues. Yeah, you can't just do it. You can't just switch sports. Ask Michael Jordan how well that went. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't go very well. But I here's a guy that uh, he could. The reason why I think it makes sense to me that he goes to the Niners, and it kind of bugs me a little bit because I think now there's going to be a bunch of Australian uh, NFL fans who you're just kind of uh, you know kind of the. Uh, fans on the fringe who now are going to be 49ers fans because here's a big name rugby player that signed with the 49ers but you know how long that lasts it it doesn't last very long it lasts it lasts four games and they're all preseason ones because that's the only time he'll see the field and ever uh, yeah so i but i i think he could stick potentially as a kick returner or, or a punt returner which is what they're kind of looking at at uh Maybe. being Maybe. Maybe. I, it's just tough. And that's why I think he went to the 49ers. I think as Seahawks fans, we should uh, not take any disrespect to it. It's just that he probably looks at a team like the Niners and says, here's a team that I could have a better chance at sticking with. Big time. Big time. I, I don't know. I, I just... I, congratulations on exploring a dream, number one. Like, I, I don't want to poo-poo that. Like, yeah. if the guy the guy has a dream to play in the NFL, I'm not going to sit here and tell him he's he's dumb for doing it. I, I, follow your dreams, man. I, I I get that, but just the reality of the situation is is that I mean, he's just going to be a non-factor, and, and that's fine. I mean, it's the off season. We can talk about the rugby player who wants to play football. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to be interested just to to follow him and, and, and just to see what happens. Oh, yeah. And whether he sure. makes the practice squad, which would be, I think, a huge win for him. Big time. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a success. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And maybe with a, a year or so of development, maybe we do see him playing in a game. And, Hard to um, it, But it would be kind of just an amazing story if he were just to pick it up right away and, and actually uh, be a factor. I, I know you're... Not uh, thinking that he's not going to be a factor, but the thing is, is that can you imagine being at the top of your game in the ego that you have? Oh, yeah, and just to be at that point, and then to say, You're not going to last, I'm going to give this up and and go and try something I've been dreaming of. You're not going to last more than a season at that. There's going to be it's something new, completely new. There's going to be a point where you're just like, Well, F you guys, I'm going to go and 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 be a star again. See you later. You think you you don't think he sticks it out for a season or two just to give it a A shot? A season, one season, that's how long you give it. 
It's my guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not Miss Cleo, but and I don't know what's in uh, Jared Haynes' heart or whatever. But yeah. you know, I, but kudos to him. You know, give it a try, man. Yeah. Any other guys that you saw cut just here recently that kind of piqued your interest a little bit? Uh, one guy again off the Eagles because apparently the Eagles are just cleaning house. Oh, and and apparently, yeah, Lashawn McCoy gets traded to the Bills. Yeah, we'll get to that we'll here to in a that. second, but. Uh, we talk about the idea that we don't know if O'Brien Schofield's going to be back, and you saw the depth at D-end be a little bit of a problem when Cliff Averill went out in the Super Bowl. One guy that was just cut from the Eagles is Trent Cole, defensive yeah. end. A productive player. No, not the greatest tackler, but a productive player. He can come in, again, one of those guys that's a little longer in the tooth, but mm-hmm. can come in for a year and play productive like a Kevin Williams did this last year. That that's a guy that I look at and go, yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe that's a guy. He's a guy who's and he's got the weirdest eyes in all of football. <laughs> he's really mad though, uh, just judging by his his tweets. Is he ever uh, is he cut. ever happy? I I don't think so. But that's a guy that I see probably either landing with uh, Washington or with the Giants because mm. he wants to be on the, payback. You know, yes, just like Darnell Dockett, he wants to offer a little bit of payback, and right. that's the that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Trent Cole. Sure, sure. Well, that makes a little bit of sense now. You talked about the idea that Shady, LaShawn McCoy, uh-huh. was traded to the Buffalo Bills, or it's pending. It's pen. It's not finalized. Right. Yeah. But Which I means mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's still going to happen. Maybe. These things do fall through sometimes. Yeah, CJ Spiller got caught off guard. He uh, did get a phone call. He got a phone call. Well, first he got a heads up because he was about to do an interview on NFL Network. Whoa. And, um, oh, who's the dude that... Uh, uh, the old linebacker, I think, for uh, for New Willie England. Willie McGinnis? Or, yeah, I think it was Willie McGinnis came and said, hey, did you hear the news? And he said, no, what news? And he was told the news, and then his phone rang from wow. Buffalo. Wow. And that's how he found out. Huh. So I don't know about this. This is this is interesting. Um, and I'm a- pretty much it was the Bills saying, thank you for your service, but we're going with LaShawn McCoy now. And understandably so. I mean, he's top three back in this league you have a chance to get that sort of talent on your team. You take it, and it helps to mask the fact that you don't have the answer at quarterback right now. And you look at Rex Ryan, and what's his identity? Ground and pound, baby. And defense. Ground and pound. Loves him some grounding and pounding. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he wants to run the ball, Shady can be that guy. Now, he doesn't run with the style that I would traditionally think that Rex Ryan is going for. I mean, he's more of a shifty back. He works well in space a little more of an east-west runner than he is north-south, but he's a heck of a talent. Oh, sure. Uh, and the Bills didn't give up, you know... They, squat! They, well, Kiko Alonso is pretty... He's Coming a, off a catastrophic knee injury. Yeah. No, and that's... But also, wow. McCoy is a little bit... He's kind and of he's an not even all back, that proven. But, I mean, what, he played one year as a rookie and then blew out his knee this year? No, you're hoping for upside, but obviously Chip Kelly... It, with Alonzo being a uh, former Oregon Duck, right? Oh, really? I think so. I did not uh, realize yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a little sense on his end then. But uh, I'm going to get into Chip Kelly a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah? Yeah. I I think that guy's got a little hubris in him. You think so? Because uh, this... I, I'll save it for, for <laughs> okay. the end of it, but I, I, I don't like it. Let's okay. just put it that way. All right. For well, the Eagles. No, not so much? No. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit, and I want to talk a little bit of wide receiver, because that's kind of the... uh, We've addressed it almost every week. 
I think, in the offseason. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's a big position, and it's some a position that the Seahawks could have used. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about this idea that um, people throwing around the idea of trading up uh, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Because a while back, you saw the Atlanta Falcons. They m- made the playoffs. You know, had the, I think it was the 26th, uh, no, it was the 27th pick in the draft wow. uh, back in 2012. Okay. Um, or 2011. It was back in 2011. Uh, and they moved up. Yeah, they moved up from the 27th pick to the sixth pick, uh, giving up a first, a second, a fourth in 2011, and then a first and a fourth the following year. So quite a bit just to move up to number six to draft a guy like Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that you've kind of seen just going back in the past five years or so, guys that are drafted in the first round are generally guys that are going to be good receiver they they've proven to be players. impact players at the receiver position the only guy really is Darius Hayward Bay and uh, he had no that business. was a Raiders problem that was a Raiders pick <laughs> that uh, no, that was a Raiders problem yeah that and yeah, <laughs> yeah and now he's that the was Colts that problem, was a, but, that was an Al Davis uh, yeah. evaluation yeah exactly and so other than that really every guy that's gone in the first round has been an impact level player mm-hmm. and uh especially top 20 type guys mm-hmm. well the only way the Seahawks are going to get into the top 20 is by trading up mm-hmm. and there's there's guys out there that could be that impact level play uh type player if they were to do something like that now the other thing is with wide receivers the only way you're going to find a guy who's going to give you production, I think what Seahawks fans are looking for, they're looking for a guy who's going to have immediate impact, whether it's a veteran. And we could, we've talked about uh, Jeremy Macklin, mm-hmm. who is a guy who is probably not going to be, he wasn't franchised, so he's likely going to hit the free agent market. I'm still going to stand on the Kenny Britt box. And you, like, you're standing on the Kenny Britt box, yeah. box. You want a guy who's going to come in and be an impact player. The only way you're going to do that is signing a free agent, likely a high-priced free agent. Or a trade. Or or a trade. Uh, Andre Johnson uh, from the Texans is one of those no. guys who was recently announced that that could be available via trade. Yeah, he he's going to be gone out of Houston. It sounds like it sounds like Houston kind of uh, butchered the process of kind of transitioning him into a lesser role. Well, in the they offense. told him he wasn't going to be a starter anymore, and he laughed. And <laughs> I think that's pretty funny for even Andre Johnson, thirty four years old. He's a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, now he's a little bit older than Larry Fitzgerald, but uh, a guy later in his career that I think can still make an impact with the team. Now, whether or not, I don't think he gets traded, but I, I do think that maybe the Texans end up cutting him, and maybe that's at that he'll point. He'll be available. Where he'd be available. I I don't want to bet. Now, the one thing about Andre Johnson that I was thinking about was the idea that uh, he, he had all those hamstring injuries. He always felt like he was unavailable. Like It was always... The this. last couple of years have been rough on him. That's what you would think, right? Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up here just as as we were coming into the pod here. Last year, he played 15 games. The year before, 2013, 16 games. The year before that, 2012, 16 games. You, go, you have to go back to 2011 when he played seven games. And then the year before that, he played 13 games. He's a guy who plays hurt. Yeah. He'll play hurt. And last year, he had 85 receptions for 936 yards. Which was his worst year. And who was throwing him the ball? <laughs> right? Anybody? Anybody. <laughs> I mean, that was almost Arizona J. J. Cardinals Watt? bad. Was J.J. Watt their quarterback last year? I uh, can't remember. He did everything else. <laughs> You know, being the MVP and everything. But, yeah, uh, 
I don't know. I just I don't like that option. He's just too old. I mean, because there I had read an article and they said there has there was something like thirty five guys or forty five guys or twenty five guys, something along those lines that had a uh, thousand yard receiving seasons at the age of thirty four, and he came up just short of that nine thirty six. So I mean, you can round that up to a thousand. Fine, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give that to you. There's been only seven guys in the history of the league that have put up a thousand yard receiving season at thirty five or older, and one of those men were Jerry Rice. He's not Jerry Rice. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a Hall of Famer though. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I uh, yeah yeah yeah. It, you can't take that away from him. He has, he's earned that. Well, not yet. I, I wasn't taking anything away. <laughs> I was yet. just trying to decide if he had earned it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I, well, that you you bring up who he, has been throwing him the ball, and he still had an amazing yeah, good, is having an amazing career. Two or three good years with uh, Matt Schaub, and that's about it. Now right. you talked about trading up in the draft and uh, trying to get a receiver, and is that a good bad idea? Is that something you think the Seahawks will do? If the Seahawks want a number one, though, th- those are if you really want a guy who is a number one type talent. You're either going to have to pay ten million plus in free agency, and uh, guess what? Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas—they already got the franchise tag. Those guys aren't going to be there. It, exactly, you expect that, and uh, and so the really the only other way is to either pay a guy ten million or draft highly. And do you give up the number of picks like Atlanta did in 2011 to move up as far as they need to move up? So. We talk a lot about how John Schneider is just unpredictable, and you have no idea who's going to pick, where he's going to go, and all those sort of things. And one thing that you've kind of seen over the years is that their strategy has been trade down, accumulate more picks, and go that route. It's the same as Bill Belichick has done for years and years and years and years. I mean, people criticize him all the time about being the captain of the uh, the draft checkdown, basically. You know, just. <laughs> Just trade down, accumulate more picks, and you've seen John Schneider hit on so many late-round picks that there's a lot of value in that. So it seems to go against his philosophy, but now with that said, he just does stuff that you don't see coming. And so if they did trade up to get a a quality receiver out of the draft... And the, the two guys I'm thinking of are Amari Cooper from Alabama, uh, now he's not, he's six one, so he's not, you know, the, the six four, six five. But he's really type fast, guy. though, right? Right. Um, yeah, I think, uh, four four, forty time okay. type guy. And then Kevin White out of West Virginia, which is kind of that, that big body, is a six three guy, 210 pounds, uh, and also super fast guy. Mm hmm. Uh, who knows? I I just I, I'm not very familiar with either of those two players. Yeah, those so are I, kind of the two big names where they project guys being uh, you know top twenty mm-hmm. style talent, and that's the crazy thing. Looking back at these past few years, guys that have been in the top twenty, like I said, are guys that have had an impact. Those aren't guys that are generally bust. Whereas you see busts at every other single position in the draft uh, in those in those top twenty players, but not at receiver, which is kind of crazy to me it is kind of crazy but you also see that those receivers come in and they're not a major impact generally year one the the majority of them take two three years to catch up to the pro game and all the tricks that all the corners have in this game i mean it's incredible now the rules have been shifted towards offense so much over the past few years that it does help that transition but overall you see it to be a struggle for receivers. And you just saw the Seahawks use their top pick last year on a receiver as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I, I would almost be 
less surprised if they traded up and picked somebody like Melvin Gordon out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was watching a bit of him the other day, and he's like a – he reminds me a little of AP. Yeah. He kind of runs a, a, like him. and they, Well, and go back to the Rob Staten interview. He talked about Melvin Gordon being one of those guys that yeah, he'll call up teammates in the middle of the you know, 3 right. a.m. in the morning. What are you doing? I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Just a guy that – yeah, that a guy with that kind of attitude makes you excited to have a player like that on the team, and you know maybe that's a guy who's who's there. You know, Todd Gurley is another one of those guys that continues to be projected toward the end that of, of coming the off first knee round, injury. coming off a knee but injury. But you saw the Niners do that last year with Carlos Hyde, yeah, or the year before, the year before that, yeah, with and, um, uh, the South Carolina running back um, Latimer. Latimer, yeah, yeah. What Marcus, happened to him, Marcus Latimer? Um, I think last year he was uh he was one of those guys that they they had on the team kept him and uh and I think they're just waiting for him to kind of you know get back and and get comfortable. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, kind of, maybe that same kind of and position the, like Kristen Michael has been on our roster. Sure. And uh, and they have Carlos Hyde. Yeah. And he's a he's a darn good player. Mm-hmm. So so there's that I suppose, but yeah, I I thought uh the idea of them trading up is is interesting. It's exciting to think about the idea that we could get Russell some help on the outside. I think it's that dimension that this offense has been lacking, but just feels unlikely uh, considering their their track record. Um, I, I just wish that they could have the kind of track record with uh, receivers much like the Cincinnati Bengals have over the last few years. They just seem to unearth guys all the time from later rounds. I mean, you talk about uh, uh, Muhammad Sanu. You talk about uh, right. You talk. They they have like three or four guys like that that have are very, been very productive that they've unearthed in like the third, sixth, fifth round. Uh, we need a little more of that. Now we're great at unearthing like DBs late. Yeah, I guess we can't be great at finding every <laughs> position late in the draft. No, I suppose not. No, or else, yeah, we would be really stacked at uh, not having to sign free agents on the defensive line or. Um, yeah, at, at least I guess we are able to find serviceable talent on the O line mm-hmm. uh, in late draft or late rounds. So right, at least there's that. Exactly, exactly. Now another position that uh, we've we've talked about a bit on the pod, and rightfully so, is tight end because we don't know what's going to go on with Zach Miller this next year. We yeah. saw Luke Wilson be Luke Wilson. I think I think that's who he is. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be that consistent guy to come in and really light it up for a full season and be that dependable uh, player at tight end that that you that you need him to be. So I, I feel like that's an area that we could go. Now, the biggest name out there, obviously, is Julius Thomas coming off of uh, free agency here with the Broncos now that the Broncos have franchised uh, Demarius Thomas. And I've seen some people projecting Julius Thomas as a guy that the Seahawks really, really want, and I don't know if that's the case. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Yeah, uh, because he is not a guy that does the dirty work. Yeah, he's not. He's not a blocker. He's he's a pure pass catcher. And in some offenses, that would work fantastically. Like if he went to Green Bay, that's a great fit. Oh sure, that that makes a I lot of sense that. there. Yeah. But in the Seahawks offense, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Now, he, I'm going to throw out a name here, and I you might call me crazy. Let me give you a couple stats here, and uh, okay. Okay. You, you can you can kind of just just contrast and compare. So one player A had forty three receptions for four hundred and eighty nine yards last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the player A, player B thing. Player B had thirty nine receptions for five hundred and seven yards. Okay, okay, fairly similar. 
Very similar. I mean, we're talking four receptions more for player A, but uh, 11, 18 yards less. Mm -hmm. So not not as many yards per catch. Player A is Julius Thomas. Player B is Niles Paul of the Washington Redskins, guy who stepped in when uh, Reed went out with an injury last year. Now, I read a little bit about him and what teammates have said about him. And uh, Ryan Clark, the safety played last year with him, said he is the toughest. Oh, Rex Grossman said this. He is the toughest guy on the team. If you were going to go in the locker room and pick one guy to not fight, <laughs> it's Niles Paul. Really? And that he's the hardest worker. He'll do anything that he asks. He can, when he run blocks and he goes up against a D lineman, he'll take him down. And he was just as productive in the passing game as Julius Thomas. This is a guy that is projected that he might be cut or something along those lines, or he is a free agent or something like that. He, there's a, there is a possibility that he'll be available. He's a free agent. Free agent. Okay. That's the type of guy that John Schneider and Pete Carroll look for. Somebody who is just nasty in the run game, who can go out and catch the ball, who's a great locker room guy, who, who's just exhibits toughness and competes all the time. I like the idea of Niles Paul. Yeah. Well, and he's not going to cost you much. He's one of those guys that the Falcons are looking at, too, because uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, I think he, he had a little bit of... Did he actually coach for the Redskins, or it was just... Uh, yeah, he was Mike, the offensive okay. coordinator, yeah. and so, yes, Niles Paul... So there's Paul, some familiarity there now that he's O-coordinator for the Falcons. Sure. Fine, yeah. but it, go and be familiar with a crappy offensive coordinator, or go to <laughs> the team that has been to back-to-back Super Bowls. I like it. Duh. I, I think that's that, an easy that's decision. An easy recruiting pitch. That's an easy decision if I'm Niles Paul at that mm -hmm. point. I like that. I like that idea a lot. Now, uh, another guy that's out there that had the transition tag put on him was Charles Clay from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, we talked about not hardly ever seeing the transition tag, and then there the Dolphins go using him, and they and they use it. Now use that it. that gives him an average, you know, the average of the top ten salaries of seven, a little over seven million, right, for the year. And we've talked about you know John Clayton talking about the idea that six million is about that area that the the max that the the Hawks would go for. But he's a tremendous player. Mm -hmm. um, and then now, if you did offer him something, the Dolphins have the opportunity to match. And the last two years, a transition tag was used once per year. Both players ended up being retained by their current team, uh, and then a couple years before that, it wasn't used at all. So yeah. it's um, kind of it kind of feels like when you put a tag like that on a player, you allow the all the work to be done by the other team that might want him, right. and then you go, oh yeah, we'll pay that. Yeah, to allow them to set whatever the price is, right. and then and you just they're fine as a as a team. You're just if okay you're a division with that. rival, don't you just be a jerk and offer him something big. <laughs> Just well, but then you might have to pay it. Is the thing that's fine. <laughs> pay him, pay him a million to two million over what he's worth. That sounds like a Rex Ryan thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. I'd do that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, once you have him over the barrel and he's a part of their plan, and they put the transition tag on him, that they're going to be like, oh, "All right, oh, fine, yeah. yeah, fine." I could, I could see that. That's yeah. Drive like, the price up, I Rex. If you're listening, you should do that. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, yeah, that, now's Paul. There's a, there's a there's something like for that. you, folks. Yeah, I that's definitely a guy I'm going to watch. Uh, now that you mentioned that, anybody else that you want to bring up before we move on? Uh, just the idea that CJ Spiller will be out on the market. It's going to be interesting. I, I saw Davis Sue tweet out um, 
that the the idea that Marshawn Lynch, it would be smart for Marshawn Lynch to probably go ahead and sign his deal uh, before free agency starts. Because why? Who's well, threatening just, his job? Well, the idea that with all the free agents out there, that the Seahawks might just look to to move on, or obviously the price isn't going to for Marshawn isn't going to go up once free agency starts. No, so why not just sign the deal? It's not going to uh, go down once free agency starts either. Oh, that that's really the only way it could go, but. Yeah, I don't but it's know. not going to. It's not like they're going to be like, yeah, well, you know how we said a month ago we're going to pay we're this. We're going to take that off the table? Yeah, we're taking that off the table. BS. Yeah. He's the heartbeat of this team. Yeah. You're not going to screw around with it. You just pay the man. Sure. You just pay the man. And you're not going to you're not going to pay the same amount of money for DeMarco Murray. And CJ Spiller's hurt all the time. I can't believe that DeMarco Murray's name is actually coming up as a possibility for the Seahawks. Well, I mean, he's just the the best running back out there, or best, and I put that in quotes because I don't think he he is. He would be terrible with the Seahawks' offensive line. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know that terrible. He breaks more tackles than people give him credit for. Yeah. He is a powerful runner, but he's no Marshawn. CJ Spiller's a guy I could see going to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, but. I could see that. Now, the hot rumor on the street is that uh, if the Cowboys are anywhere close to the same money Murray's being offered uh, somewhere else, he's just going to sign with Dallas. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Hey, play behind that line. It worked real well for Emmett Smith. That's all I'm getting at. Exactly. And yeah. uh, no, I think that would be a smart move for him, yeah. too. But uh, I want to get into this uh, this email from Randy from Wisconsin. Okay. And by the way, Randy, way to narrow it down. To the, to the great state of Wisconsin. Is there a lot of Randys in Wisconsin? Well, I I would guess that there's a lot of Randys anywhere in any state. Well, yeah. So Randy in Wisconsin, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's there's probably quite a few. Hey, I guess that uh, leaves it open so a lot of Randys can take credit for the email. So he just <laughs> left himself open on that. He says, hey, guys, new listener as of the start of the playoffs this year from Wisconsin. Oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, first off, I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Onto a topic that's been bothering me for some time now. Recently, on an episode of ESPN 710's The Barbershop, the guys discussed how they thought, uh, in respect of um, uh, Angry Doug Doug Baldwin's football, uh, fans hold athletes to unreasonably unreasonably high expectations. And I want to hear your thoughts on the matter. But personally, I don't think so at all when it comes down to making a me play. Uh, Don't worry, uh, not still mad at Doug. I'm mad at the discussion and hurting your team. As fans who work normal jobs, when we fail to perform, miss deadlines, get busted for drugs, etc., our jobs are out the window, if not, at the very least, in serious jeopardy. That's not the case with these guys who probably, uh, first offense, may face a short suspension at the worst. Uh, in that sense, how can our expectations possibly be too high? What are your thoughts? Thanks, Randy. Uh, and he said, thanks, the demographic survey is on my list of things to get done. So Awesome. Um, well, uh Thank you, man. If you can do that, they'd be very appreciated. Now, mm-hmm. to your question, the idea that we, we hold athletes to an unreasonably high high standard. It's to a different standard. Now, when I say that, it's not different in the sense of you can't bully your fellow uh, people in the workplace. You can't. Uh, you can't be doing drugs or showing up drunk. You you got to show up on time. You gotta uh, you you gotta have a level of professionalism. You have to come and do your job. I don't know that that's different. I think where it gets different is when these players are out in public in their personal life. Think about how many times 
somebody comes up to them at the bar or when they're walking down the street or when they're at their camp and they're just trying to high five every kid along the way and they miss two and now he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we hold them to an unrealistic expectation because man, like today, I told you coming to the pot, I'm grumpy. <laughs> I'm grumpy. If, if if I was being bombarded by a bunch of people today about you know this that and the other thing, man, I probably would have been a major league a hole at, at least two or three times a day. I uh-huh. I think that would have happened. In I think uh, we, in other words, a normal day, <laughs> right? Or or like I like to call it Tuesday. But <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think that's where the unreasonable standard kind of comes into play i mean they are human beings now as far as being professional at the workplace and not dropping a deuce with the football <laughs> i mean you probably shouldn't do that I, I it personally didn't offend me but for all those who did sure okay that's fine i i, I think if i would go and do that on my boss's desk he'd, they'd probably frown upon that yeah and there's some of those things that a professional athlete does where you say yeah if i do that well, for example, there's so many times where you see athletes getting arrested and they don't do any kind of jail time. Whereas, mm-hmm. you, you know, an average person like you or me, if we get caught doing that level of, uh, we we probably don't have the same level or access to lawyers that would be able to get see, us out of those types of situations. That's the difference. Uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that they have more status. It has all to do with the fact that they have more cash because. Your freedom in this country is very much based on the quality of lawyer that you can buy. That seriously, there is there's no fairness in the justice system. It all comes down to, you know, the the, the scales of justice that Lady Justice holds. Uh, just stack your pile of cash on there, and if yours is heavier, you win. But I think what Randy's kind of getting to in the point of his email is that. When you say that idea of of holding an athlete to an unfair standard, it's not an unfair standard to expect these guys not to embarrass themselves like Doug Baldwin may have on one of the biggest stages yeah. uh, in in you know on TV in the world, really. And it, it's not an unfair standard to expect athletes not to beat their kids. It's not an unfair standard to expect yeah. athletes not to punch their spouse. Right. And it's not an unfair standard to expect athletes not to get arrested. Those are standards for life. That's exactly what I was saying. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's just, I think where it gets unfair is just in the interaction, in the amount that they're required to interact with fans and media and all that. I think that's where it becomes unfair. Yeah. Well, I can, I can get with that. Yeah. But I see don't, where you come from there. But, but don't hit people. <laughs> right. Don't go to jail. Don't hit people and don't go to jail. That's just. Don't. Those are rules of life. Yeah. Don't do drugs. Yeah. That too. <laughs> Just don't do it. Speaking of which, uh, Missoula hit the front page of Reddit today. Uh, of what it? Uh, of Reddit. Uh, you know, the the site I'm always talking about. Oh, it's, right, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, there was somebody at the university who hacked in to oh, one I saw of those. That. Uh, okay. So, yeah. The, That's one thing it said. It said, smoke more weed. Smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. There yeah, it is. Somebody yeah. hacked the sign. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, <laughs> that that sounds about right coming from UM, actually. <laughs> not, yeah. not surprising. Yeah, and I, that and driving I, on a campus that you'd see a sign that says I kind of don't condemn it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good prank. Yeah, I, it was decent. I drove by there just to see if it was still up this morning. No. Um, on my way to work. No, they actually turned the sign off and they turned it around backwards, so... Uh, just, they, they did uh, just to the, be real sure just to be real sure so. nobody's offended very interesting well yeah. uh, I think that does it for the first half of the show let's get into the interview with uh, Keith Myers 12thmanrising.com
This is the Seahawkers Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz with my co-host Adam Emmert. And this week we welcome on the managing editor for 12thManRising.com, part of the fansided.com network. You can follow him on Twitter at MyersNFL. We welcome on Seahawks analyst Keith Myers to the show. Welcome to the show, Keith. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so let's talk a little bit of Seahawks football. And uh, with free agency on the horizon, uh, I want to get into a little bit of the salary cap stuff because the NFL, they, they just announced this week the cap number for the 2015 season. And, and you, kind of, you, you kind of specialize in talking a lot about the salary cap stuff, not, not something Adam and I are, are particularly up on. And uh, so it's great that we could get you on to talk about this. And, and address how, just how the Seahawks are looking going into the free agency with their, their cap situation. Well, the Seahawks are actually in really great shape as they head in, into uh, free agency. They've already locked up some of the guys that they had that were uh, with expiring contracts. They did it this last year. Guys like uh, Cliff Averill and KJ Wright, they're now um, locked up in, and uh, under contract, so that's uh, good. And they still sit with about $24 million worth of salary cap space um, that, that at their disposal for this coming year. That's good shape for a team that's already got a solid roster and a lot of depth, and most of their guys locked up long-term. There's a couple guys that they're going to want to lock up long-term, specifically Russell Wilson and a guy like Bobby Wagner. Um, and, And they've also announced that they're looking to increase Marshawn Lynch's pay a little bit this year. With that kind of in mind, uh, those types of contracts, is that going to take up that full $24 million, or are they still going to have a little bit of room to spend, um, assuming they're able to take care of those guys in this offseason? Well, I think it's a fairly safe bet to, for all three of those things to happen um, so that all three of those guys come back, you know, for, for long term for, with Wilson and Wagner and, um, you know, next year for, for Lynch. Uh, but they have plenty of room to handle that because that's, this is one of the, those weird things about the salary cap is you look at it and they go, Oh, well, it's Wilson. Market value for a quarterback is about 20 million a year. And you go, Oh, that's going to eat up the whole 24 million that they've got. Uh, I only have, leave a little bit less, but that's not really the way that the, the salary cap works, uh, because, He's only set to make about a million dollars next year. And that's not going to change as far as his salary. Any new money they add to um, his compensation is going to come in the form of a signing bonus for this massive uh, long contract that, that he signs. And so even if they pay him some uh, huge amount, like let's throw out a number like $25 million, well, that gets prorated over five years, assuming that his contract is that long, and it will be. Um, so that only counts for five million a year. Um, so you take the five million of worth of that signing bonus to the, add it to the million of his uh, contract, and you have a six million dollar cap number um, total for the year. And it's only an increase of five million um, based on on his current cap situation. So it doesn't it doesn't eat up nearly as much as you'd envision, considering he's going to get a massive payday. Uh, the same thing will happen with Bobby Wagner, although to a much smaller degree because his contract's going to be a lot smaller. You know, Lynch's contract, all the reports that I've read are that it's going to be a two-year deal, but it's really a one-year deal, and the second year on that is more just spread out the cap 
uh, hit and, and the situation so that way they can have more flexibility for this year. Combined, you put the three contracts together, it's going to be, you know, depending on the way that they these things are structured, it's going to be somewhere between, um, you know, high seven to nine million, somewhere in there, uh, worth of, of new cap uh, space that's used um, to get those guys locked up. So now you're looking at Okay, instead of twenty-four million, it's more like fifteen. Uh, but that's still a lot of cap room uh, for them to, to play with and for them to, you know, go out and, and improve the roster with. So you wrote this last weekend that defensive back is now the Seahawks' number one off-season need. Uh, why, why do you think that? And how do you think Seattle addresses that going forward? Well, the reason why I put that, and I, I know I'm kind of in the minority there, but you look at at what's going on at defensive back. Byron Maxwell is probably going to leave and, and get a, a really big contract. Yes, the Seahawks have room to sign players, but probably not him because uh, he's just going to get way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be gone. Jeremy Lane uh, just had ACL surgery. He's uh, almost certainly going to miss the beginning of the season as he recovers from that. Uh, Daryl Simon uh, had shoulder surgery. He's going to miss the entire off season. He should be back for week one. It's you know it's iffy, but it, he should be. Uh, but even then, it's not like he was playing lights out at the end of the year. Uh, so he is a guy that you know you lose that off season, you lose that chance to improve. Can you really count on him? Um, it, it just it, it, there's so many question marks there. And you know that, that's that's three of the uh, top four. Uh, cornerbacks on the roster that are, you know, you can't count on uh, for next season. And then you throw in the fact that uh, Earl Thomas just had major shoulder surgery. He may be out or may be limited at the beginning of the season. And you go, okay, so not only do we not have the, the cornerback talent and depth that we used to have, but now we've lost our safety net that uh, protects the team and protects in case cornerback mistakes happen. Um, two and you go okay. That's just not going to work. Um, if this if the Seahawks are going to come out and be able to play defense like they have the last three years, they need to address that cornerback spot. They need to get someone out there who can who can play and, and can um, basically give them what uh, Byron Maxwell has given them the last couple of seasons. So, who do you think some of those guys are that the Seahawks are going to look at in free agency? And do you think that they double up? Do you think they go hard in free agency for for a, a good corner, or or and also look at that position early in the draft? Well, I think it's going to be one or the other in terms of early in the draft um, or free agent. And oh, of course, it depends on on who, what they get with, as far as free agents. Um, We'll start with the free agents. There's there's a few guys out there that that will be interesting uh, for them. Uh, one that I've mentioned in the past is is Chris Culliver, who has played a lot, uh, the last few seasons in San Francisco. He's a guy who can play the slot and um, on the outside a lot, like Jeremy Lane can. Uh, and he, he's got some talent. The guy can play a little bit of a checkered pass. Will turn some teams off and and uh, keep his price down, but He's one of the second tier guys that that, that should um, should the Seahawks should show some interest in because you give them that flexibility. You know, once Lane or or Simon are back and prove they can play on the outside, well, you can move Culver in, um, or if they don't, you can leave them on the outside again. So he's a good fit. Um, 
you know, and then there, there's some older guys uh, that are that are looking, you know, kind of near the end of their career, possibly looking for a chance at a ring. Guys like Charles Tillman uh, come to mind as a possibility. Uh, and then, you know, kind of a little further down the line as, as, um, in terms of um, how much people will, how much attention the player will attract might be uh, a guy like Will Blackman, who was with the Seahawks uh, in the offseason for 2013, was great in camp, really was kind of surprised that he got cut, um, but he did just because the Seahawks had so much talent at the position mm-hmm. that year. He went to Jacksonville, has started uh, for most of the last two seasons. Um, they've developed some nice young corners down there, so he wasn't really needed anymore, so they cut him loose for some salary cap savings, and now he's available. So he's the type of guy that, that uh, the Seahawks could be interested in for depth um, and uh, for a chance to you know, give him a chance to compete with the other guys to, to start out there. Now, speaking of guys that are teams making cuts, we've seen a lot of teams cutting some some solid veteran talent just to kind of make cap space. We haven't seen that yet with the Seahawks. Do you think that's coming, or do you think that's dependent on if they think they can get maybe a higher price free agent? The Seahawks don't really need uh, the cap space. Uh, most of the cuts that are being done you see around the league this time of year are either guys that they're overpaid based on their production and the teams are like, okay, let's, let's move on and get someone else or their teams that are in, you know, they're just in need of cap space. Uh, we have a few teams that are still well over the cap and need to cut a whole bunch of, bunch of talent. So that's going to continue to happen right up until free agency starts. Um, the Seahawks aren't in that position. And then you, if you start to look at the guys they have that they could cut to free up some space and there's, just not that many. Um, you know, Zach Miller comes to mind, but you only get about two and a half million in cap space. And can you replace his production, at least when he's healthy, for that for two and a half million? Not really. So they'll hold on to him, but if they can sign someone else, sure, then they'll they'll let him go and and uh, you know because they will have already replaced him, but. Until they get someone to replace him, I, I think they would hang on to him. Now, some of the other positions I think a lot of Seahawks fans are looking at. We mentioned defensive back already. Uh, defensive line is mm-hmm. another one of those places that I think Seahawks fans are kind of looking for uh, some of those players out there that can improve, particularly uh, interior D linemen. Uh, who, who do you see the Seahawks maybe targeting in, in that area? Well, Everybody wants the Seahawks to uh, target in Bonacan Sioux. Of course. And, <laughs> you know, they'll kick the tires on that because why wouldn't you? He's just that dominant. Everyone's got to, you know, figure out. Besides, he's actually from Portland. So, you know, hey, maybe he'll give him a hometown discount. It's not going to happen. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to get a quarterback style, you know, bigger than JJ Watt um, level contract. So that, <laughs> You gotta ask, but don't count on it. Um, you know, after that, you know, there's some options um, for the Seahawks. But what they're gonna find is that a lot of those guys are going to um, probably go to the teams with a ton of cap room. Um, the Raiders, I think, have like 52 million in cap space. 
and they could push it up to 68 by cutting a couple of um, older players. Uh, the Jaguars have, I believe, it's 68 million, which is just a crazy amount of cap space. So these teams are going to be throwing um, throwing money around, and the the guys that get that that will get that first will be defensive linemen. I thought it just t- tends to be the way the market goes every year. So the Saints are going to have to probably wait for that market to calm down, and we'll see who's still available once you know all the big contracts are gone. So the last uh, position I wanted to check out before we, we let you go, Keith, is wide receiver. Now, uh, one of your writers on on Twelfth uh, Man Rising today brought up the idea of Andre Johnson because it's been reported that the Texans are allowing him to seek a trade and, and potentially, considering the cap number, he could end up getting cut. Uh, it's kind of one of those interesting names, but where do you come out on the whole idea of, of uh, wide receiver, kind of philosophically for the Seahawks? Because they haven't been... Uh, apart from Percy Harvin bringing in the, that big name, uh, and you go back, Sidney Rice, he was kind of the first big name receiver to bring in, but they haven't been very active necessarily. And wide receiver is one of those positions where if you draft a player, uh, it seems like you kind of have to wait a good two or three years before you start to see the production. That's a position where I think Seahawks fans want to see production in the short term. Do you see them bringing in a guy like... Andre Johnson, or do you think they take their chances in the draft? That is probably the toughest position for me to figure out uh, because of the Percy Harvin thing. Uh, it just it feels like it's not a priority to the team most of the time. Uh, they, they didn't even make any realistic attempts to keep Golden Tate. They, they didn't really want him. Um, and you know he's a good player and can play, uh, but they were completely content with drafting guys like uh, Paul Richardson and being like, we'll be fine. And for a team that runs as much as Seattle does and passes as just like so rarely, that that philosophy makes sense. You just we're going to develop our guys and we're not going to pay for it because we don't use them. But then they gave up three draft picks and a ton of money for Percy Harvin and you go well maybe that's just because this is what they've had to do because they don't have the talent at receiver um, so I don't know uh, <laughs> if I was to guess I was to say I would say that um, uh, Andre's probably not coming to Seattle uh, but that doesn't mean they're not going to address the position in free agency um, this I mean he is a guy who's on the downswing of his career, but he also had a really good year last year, despite having without a quarter behind without a quarter. I think he's had an incredible Hall of Fame career, and other than about a three-year stretch where Matt Schaub was um, played pretty well, the rest of his career he's just it's existed in a quarterback wasteland. Mm-hmm. And he's still put up these just phenomenal numbers, which tell you a little bit about his talent level. Um, and okay, he's getting old and whatever. And it, it kind of ended the cost. What's it going to cost for a cap hit? What's it going to cost for compensation? Uh, if they can get him on a cheap as far as a draft pick, uh, yeah, you, you have to do it because it adds so much, uh, such a, such a, uh, just a quality target for Wilson in the passing game. You just kind of have to. Um, do it if, you, if the option's available. But 
at the same time, I don't know if, if that's something the Seahawks are going to value and and really want to spend the resources on the position because with the exception of the Harbin trade, they never really have. Well, Keith, I really wanted to thank you for coming on the show this week, and I really want to encourage anybody listening to the show to, to check out 12thmanrising.com. Um, a lot of great Seahawks talk in the offseason. It's one of those things that's really, it's kind of difficult to find for, for Seahawks fans if they follow any of the kind of the major um, news areas, you know, to get team specific news uh, from fans who really care about the team. And so I wanted to thank you for what you do on 12thmanrising.com and, and also recommend people follow you on Twitter at Myers NFL. Thanks for coming on the show, Keith. The Seahawkers podcast is the official podcast of the official booster club of the Seattle Seahawks. You can check out chapters around the country and around the world at Seahawkers.org. I'm Brandon Schultz with Adam Emmert. Still here. So you're still here. Mm-hmm. And uh, even as grumpy as you've been, you decided mm-hmm. to stick around for this last part of the show. Well, yeah, because now I get to do a do better. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is clearly your favorite part of the show every week. Uh, I don't know about every week. Yeah, but, but pretty close. Yeah. Well, I don't um, think it's my favorite this part either. Okay, it was it was unleashing Niles Paul on you. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I, I like that. Oh, and by the way, he was twenty six years old. Oh, so a young guy. So he's a young guy, and he he started out playing wide receiver, switched to fullback, and then to tight end. And he's a he's a he's a factor on special teams. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's pretty much the answer. He is. <laughs> he is. I like it. You know, and if he doesn't succeed here, he should go down and try Australian rules uh, rugby. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get to do better, Adam, I want to get to a little bit of uh, feedback that came in uh, through the email. Uh, one was from Craig in Tunbridge, England. Ooh. Says, hey, Adam and Brandon, great show as always. Thanks, man. Uh, your shout out about donations reminded me I wanted to check that the one that I made a few weeks ago had uh, had gone through. And uh, because he'd never used the, the Facebook to donate before. And uh, oh, yeah. And so I did want to let let Craig know that actually uh, the, the brew that Adam and I are drinking uh, tonight is courtesy of you, Craig. Oh, well, thank uh, you, man. It, it did come through. And uh, I'm sorry it we sh- didn't get around to it because it was your donation that gave me the that reminded me of the fact that That's if you're you overseas, that, that you can get it done through the Facebook page. Yes. So I, I apologize for not mentioning you uh, before, Craig. But yes, thank you for the donation. And, and thank you work. for the beer. That's helping my grumpiness. Yes. Uh, Mojo IPA from mm-hmm. uh, Boulder Beer Company out of Boulder, Beer, uh, Boulder, Colorado, where you were just... Uh, I was near there. Just down that this, way. This weekend, yeah, this last weekend, Jared and I had to go to Denver to do a sawmill job. Uh, it was rough being in a car with Jared in Bronco country. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that just, just we worked up just a little more, and uh, he gets extra honorary, I suppose. Uh, yeah, we actually worked fairly close to Sports Authority Stadium, uh-huh. so that was that was fun to you know look at that thing as we drove by. That thing's a monstrosity. Yeah? It makes the clink look small. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, but they need those extra fans just to still be quieter. So good for them. <laughs> good for them. Uh, well, Craig says, as for a request for show ideas, I think you need to do a curling tip segment. I happen to live a few miles away from oh. the only curling rink in England and have played a few times, though I am not very good. My stone stones range from nowhere near the house to flying off the back. So any tips would be appreciated. Go Hawks. Well, uh, first get control of your stones. Get control. You, yeah, you want to be able to get them in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and not flying off her back or off the back, and that uh, is the extent of our knowledge. No, no, no. I, I'll give you, I'll give you one tip in my in my short time uh, curling. In that, well, let me explain because Adam watched curling on YouTube one time, and okay. all of, and and as soon as he not did one that, time. He, yeah, multiple times. And after he did, he came to me and he said, okay, look, Brandon, uh, the guy at the curling rink that's been giving us instruction, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I've watched YouTube and I've watched these tournaments and now I know what there is to know about curling. So here you go. He's you antiquated. Go, <laughs> I watched, I watched, I watched hours of female Canadian curling, which was beautiful, by the way. That was, it was amazing. Canadian female curlers are smoking. That, that made it all the better. Uh, so, yes, I watched the Scotties, the 2015 Scotties. But, no, this isn't even from watching it. This is just in my personal experience. You know, dude, sure. I found when I push off of the hacks, so the little blocks like the starter blocks, uh-huh. and you are sliding on your glide forward, mm-hmm. I found the longer that I hold the stone and release it later to the hog line before it, it, it crosses, before you have to release it, the more accurate you can be because you're, you're closing down the distance and you also see your target a little better. That is one thing that has improved my curling. There you go. Yeah. You're welcome, Craig. You're welcome. I hope that helps out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just don't. And I, the advice I would give you is, is try, drink more. Drink. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad uh, piece of advice. I know. Uh, but just don't uh, push it as far as you have been. No shoving. Yeah. And no shoving. You got to. No you got to. You got to. That, that's that's a good point because one of the things that's hard to get down is when you when you do push off out of the the whatever, with your legs, yeah, and uh, you're sliding on your slide foot, and because once you start to slow down, your immediate reaction is you want to push the stone with your arm, like yeah. extend your arm out, and that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to generate all your momentum with just your leg push off, mm-hmm. and then release the stone and put. And also curl it one way or the other. So spin it one way or the other, because if you don't put any spin on it, the ice will kind of take it helter skelter. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps you uh, keep your line. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. That's probably way more time than we needed to spend on it, but that's okay. I love curling. <laughs> yes, it's it's our new off season obsession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I got another one from Richard in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A lot of uh, a lot of people from Scotty. All right. So he says, "Greetings, gentlemen. I will be in Missoula Thursday, March fifth, for a job interview for the railroad. Would be great to catch a Seahawker for a local pint or two in town. If that's happening, that's happening. No, I've already texted him. And and, oh, good. Okay. The fifth is like what? Two days from now. Yeah. This is Thursday. Okay. All right. Well, we just have to do it after seven p.m. Mountain time. Okay. Because I have the kid till seven. Perfect. Okay. Um, but yes, he, he said, if all goes well, I will be a Missoula Seahawker by spring and ready to offer my novice curling and bowling skills to the team. So Wonderful. There he goes. Go Hawks. And that's from Ranger Hawks. Like, so. I'm excited that everybody else is excited about our curling. <laughs> right? The, yeah. A whole two people who emailed us. It's, that's more it than enough. that there's probably many more out there, right? The, the fives of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not even in the tens. Uh, yeah. 
Well, uh, thanks everybody for your feedback. Again, if you want to leave us a kindly review, mm-hmm. uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, if you want to get us any feedback, go hawks at seahawkerspodcast.com. You can go to the website and fill out the email form there. Uh, all the ways to contact us are on the website, uh, seahawkerspodcast.com. So you, and you can go to facebook.com slash seahawkerspodcast. A lot of you have been venturing over to Facebook and giving us a like here in the off season, which Hooray. is great for us. We're almost up to 2,500, uh, likes on facebook so feels like a lot it does feel like a lot we're getting there yeah uh also please don't forget to fill out the survey if you have not filled out the demographic survey it's at the top of the facebook page this is so brandon and i can keep getting them checks (laughs) and we want to well start getting them checks well okay yeah yeah, exactly start getting them (laughs) checks uh even if it's just 10 bucks a month it'd be really rad so uh please please do that i know we were about uh halfway there we're about last, halfway yeah last time we checked so uh if you haven't done it do it yep and do i'm it. gonna get those emails I, I that's a good reminder to me to uh email out to those people who have responded so far uh so we can get stickers out to people a google form link and uh yeah get a google form link so we can get everybody's address to, to also if out. you want to interact with the show even further call in 253-235-9041 at your fingertips this time it was because right here in front of me mm-hmm. because i that's how i roll but at seahawkers pod on twitter mm-hmm. but yeah Call, leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. It's great. We or like even hearing give us your a voice. Text. Uh, we'll read your text too. So. Sure, whatever, whatever blows your hair back. You know, I mean, yeah. basically, if it's old school, like on a phone or an email, I will see it. <laughs> if it's anything else, Brandon will find it. Exactly. So yeah, like on a tweet or something. One of those things. Yeah, like a bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're out there. Just saying. Whatever. All right, let's get into some do better. Okay. You want to go, or you want me to go? Um. I'll go ahead and start this week. Okay. Uh, I my do better is for uh, Drew Rosenhaus, mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy's agent. It, it, this has probably been a long time coming, to be honest. It's. I'm surprised we haven't gotten to Drew so far. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you, Adam. I I would think he's you kind would, of a slime ball. You kind of. You're not a huge fan. Him and I probably would not see eye to eye. No, you don't think so. I'm guessing not so much. Yeah. He's he's into football. We need at least have that to talk about. He's into the money of football, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, today uh, we we heard about this big blockbuster trade going down, LaShawn McCoy uh, being traded from the Eagles. Well, not not yet. It, it's Because happen. they have to wait for the free agent period or something like that. It's like next Tuesday or something before right, they can... the, the official period for the trades to be able to be official doesn't happen until next Tuesday uh, at 4 o'clock Eastern. So, gotcha. Um, so that brings me to Drew Rosenhaus's tweet, who, after the news came out that this indeed was a, a deal that was agreed upon, he says, I just spoke with the Eagles organization, and there is no trade for LaShawn at this time. There have been discussions, but nothing finalized. Well, Drew, it's because of the fact that it can't be finalized for a week. And uh, for you to play this word game on Twitter that, oh, uh, it's uh, there's no trade because it's not official. Well, each side has agreed for the trade to happen. In principle. In principle. It's every week, it seems like in the offseason, we see this garbage of, oh, well, it's in principle, but it hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't happened yet, but it's... Because it can't. It can't happen. Not because they won't. (laughs) It's because it can't happen yet. Right. And so just don't play all these word games. And be Captain Semantics. Yeah, exactly. 
Don't be cap. That's you know what? <laughs> that could be on a team shirt, Adam. <laughs> Don't be Captain Semantics. Yeah, it's probably it probably should be on his business card underneath Agent Captain of Semantics. That reminds me of the linebacker that the Seahawks signed, uh, Mister. Uh, uh, his first name's Mister, mm-hmm. uh, and and his last name's escaping me. But I, I like the idea of people giving uh, their kids kind of formal first names, or you, know, you see like military ranks. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, Captain Major. Yeah, you know, exactly. Something along those lines. So I've only, I've seen Captain and I've seen Major as a first name, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I've never seen General or Colonel, <laughs> yep. like or, or Admiral. Yeah, Admiral would be awesome. Yeah, and somebody and needs for, to get on that. For the record, I think it's time for but, Captain Crunch to be ranked up to Admiral. Don't you think? Think he he's earned a, it? I think he's earned. Is it, it. the berries? I, well, if you ask me, that's the only part of the cereal I'd eat. That's edible. I mean, uh, it, I, have you ever seen somebody who's been named like like Major Wright, for example? Right. Do you think he would ever name what? What's what's the next step above Major? Um, it would be uh, you were in the military. Yeah. Well, I was in the Navy, and we Aren't don't they all have, the same. We don't have no. The Navy and the Coast Guard are different from all the other ones. So you have different ranks. Uh, so up uh, above Major is that is Lieutenant? Lieutenant Colonel? Okay. Oh, Lieutenant Colonel. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of long, <laughs> but, uh, but can you imagine if you were like major? Could you ever name your kid something like yeah, a, higher a higher rank? rank? I don't think you could. I think you have to name him like private. <laughs> <laughs> I would go like master chief. I, if I were a kid, you know, if I were a parent and I had a, a son, I, I although would in like... this day and age, a lot of people just think that's Halo, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I think that'd still be a badass name to give your kid. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. sweet. Master Chief Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, if I had a boy. Yeah, yeah. MCS. <laughs> yeah. Nope, instead, all you can do is father females. Mm-hmm. All three of them. All three of them. Well, I can't say anything else. I, I mean, I, I've just one for me, and it was, it was Chica. Yep. So That'll happen. Yep. Now you don't have any control over it, man. Uh, apparently not. Once the swimmers are free, they kind of do their own thing. Yeah, so um, <laughs> going Moving back on. to my do better, uh, Captain Semantics, Drew Rosenhouse, <laughs> do better. Do better. Agree with bad Captain Semantics guy. We'll, uh, we'll stick along these lines of the shady trade, uh, because my do better, I said I'd get back to it, is Chip Kelly, the man with the biggest ego on the planet, apparently, I don't understand what this guy's doing. Somehow he is pitting the idea of scheme versus talent. And he's he's saying, "My scheme, I'm just smart. I'm so smart. I don't even need top-tier talent to win in this league." Well, news flash, Chip, you haven't won. All, I mean, you've won a few games and you made the playoffs once, great, but you haven't won a championship yet. It's not like you're Bill Belichick here. Okay, and you had top tier guys. These are guys that he let go. He just he just traded Shady away. And one of the reasons that the Eagles have been very good the last couple of years, they were a great running team. And you trade away one of the best running backs in the game when your quarterback is Nick freaking Foles. It's not like you have Aaron Rodgers there. I mean, the the hubris of that just right there. He also gets rid of Djax last year, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Sure. Uh, he got rid of this year. We talked about Kerry Williams being released, Trent Cole being released. He's getting rid of all these talented guys because he's so confident that he can just out-scheme everybody else in the NFL and, and everybody's going to be so well-conditioned and they're going to eat the perfect food and da 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 down to his control-freak little you know, tiny minute crap. He's screwing himself over here. He's going to be out. If he continues like this, to just have a complete and utter disregard for talent in the league and having talented players and just think he's going to out-scheme the rest of the league, 
He's going to have a short career as a head coach in the NFL because that does stand for not for long when you behave like this. Chip Kelly, do better. You know, I think there's probably a lot of Seahawks fans, Adam, that are on board with you in their dislike for Chip Kelly now uh, with him being the Ducks head coach. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's enough for people to maybe even root for Dallas a little bit uh, in that division. No, no, nope. not, <laughs> not enough for you. Not no? enough. Okay. Nope. Never will be. No. I that guess is one of my most hated franchises. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could almost sort of root for the Giants. No, no. no. <laughs> screw the Giants too. That leaves just about nobody in the Washington NFC East and to root Philly. For. Yeah, in the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of rooted for Philly. Has to make the playoffs. Philly has always been my favorite <laughs> NFC East team. Yeah. 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 What are Chip you going to do? Kelly's screwing this up. Yeah, I don't know. He that's, that's why you, you better to hope. Better. You better hope that he somehow snags Mariota out of this draft, like pulls a rabbit out of his hat and makes that happen because he's he's screwing over his entire offense at this point. Freaking going with Nick Foles as your trigger man. There's not one person on that team that scares you offensively now. Macklin's a free agent. Yeah, he's probably gonna just let him walk. Yeah. What a joke. I don't know. It's gonna be. An he's digging his own grave. Is all I'm getting. Well, we will see. All right. Well, moving on to who is better at life than Skip Bayless. Okay. I I had a tough time deciding this week because um, mm-hmm. one of my uh, childhood heroes, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, passed on this last week, Leonard Nimoy. He's no longer living. No longer. No. no. And so it makes it tough. Not live him. longing. No. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> oh, come on. He, he lived long. This is the man that prosper. This is this is the man that did the video The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. And if you have not seen that, YouTube that people. Oh yeah? Have you not seen The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins? I don't think I have. Good or bad? It's hilariously terrible. Okay. And he might have been on mushrooms when he did it. <laughs> it's just a guess. But yeah, just uh, just type in Leonard Nimoy, The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. But again, a, a guy that I have the utmost respect for, I loved Leonard Nimoy. Well, the reason why I love Leonard Nimoy so much from childhood is mm-hmm. that he was probably the voice of the greatest Transformers villain ever. And I don't know, was, was Transformers a big part of your childhood, Adam? Because I know it was. Gigantic. And... Uh, uh, you know, some people might say that Megatron's the greatest villain, nope. and they're wrong. They are wrong. Uh, because Galvatron in the Transformers movie, mm-hmm. uh, who was voiced by Leonard Nimoy, he crushed Megatron. And you know, some people might say, yeah, it's the same guy because you know Unicron just redid Megatron into into Galvatron. But no, you're a totally different guy. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the reason I know this is because when Galvatron came back in that movie mm-hmm. and Starscream was all of a sudden promoting himself to like the leader of the Decepticons, sure. it was Galvatron who just disintegrated Starscream into a pile of dust. Something Megatron never had the cojones to do. No, he always just let that whiny screaming Starscream around for the entire series. I never did understand it. This insolent number one that he had just, Yeah. Turn yeah. him into a pile of dust. And so... You know what Galvatron does? He melts that guy down. Yeah, he doesn't mess around. Mm-mm. So as soon as Galvatron did that in the, that movie, he immediately had my respect, even though... Number one on villain. The, number one villain, voiced by Leonard Nimoy. And Nimoy, better at life than Skip Bayless. I agree. I just have to throw in an honorary mention for best villain in... Uh, uh, Transformers, and that is Soundwave. I'm okay. Just oh yeah, he he was good. He was fantastic. Um, and also, what was your favorite Star Trek movie of the of the early generation, Adam? Wrathicon. Really? Yeah. Okay. I gotta go number four. 
Number four. What? The, the, where how they, do you go number four? I know how you go number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> what is going number four? Uh, you go number two twice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Double deuce. Double deuce. Which one was uh, number four again? Yeah, that was the, with the nuclear vessels where they're. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Um, you know where that's not come, the one with the whales, they, right? Yes, it's the one with the whales. That's your favorite. That's one? That's my favorite one. Okay, I'm not gonna bang on you. Yeah, I can bang on you. It's. Uh, did Nimoy direct that one? I want to say he did. Hard telling not. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but a great and storied career, indeed. And uh, do yourself a favor and. Uh, YouTube, The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. All right. Uh, so my better at life than Skip Bayless this week is former Seahawk Sidney Rice. And he recently announced that he is going to give his brain to science upon his death so that it can be studied. Now, I, you heard me geek out about science junk, uh, I think last it was last week. week. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, because I love science. I love science. I love it. I love it. And uh, I'm into science, too. I really, it's not a bad thing. No, I I really appreciate people that are willing to do something. I mean, you're not using your brain anymore. Once you're dead, no. Yeah, well, I'm not using it right now either. (laughs) I mean, they honestly could take it out now. But just the idea that I have 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 a feeling it would impact your quality of life, Adam. Would it? (laughs) Just guessing. Uh, I think that's 50 50. Uh, But the idea that somebody would go ahead and donate their body to science for further research to help other people in the future, I think is a very courageous thing. There's a lot of people that uh, are really wigged out by that. Like, my dad would never do that. No? Nope. He does not want to be cremated. He doesn't want to, be, he doesn't want to donate his organs. Like, just put him in the ground like it's all his. Mm-hmm. He's taking it to the grave. <laughs> Take it with me. Yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, see, for me, I'm just like, well, I'm not using it anymore. I can see that, though. I can see that point. I can understand it. Yeah. I'm just saying for me. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he claims that he had at least 10 concussions over the course of his life, starting wow. at eight years old, uh, running on the outside and getting his bell rung. He said mm-hmm. that's the first time he'd ever seen stars. And uh, he wants to know, or he wants the world to be able to find out what that did to his brain. And I think that's a cool thing. I think it's a cool thing for future football players, the future of the league, uh, and for our knowledge and expanding our knowledge as uh, the human species and the human race. Sidney Rice, you are better at life than Skip Bayless. Indeed. A cross between science and Seahawks for your better at life. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's almost the perfect Sea science. Very cool. Yeah. No, I saw that too, and I, I couldn't agree more that, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, I think we we probably could have fought for it uh, had had I not gone on my Leonard Nimoy Galvatron rant, so I, which I appreciated actually. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, I think that does it for this week of the show, mm-hmm. Adam. Yep. I still managed to stretch it. out a, an hour and, and a half. half. How about that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm know what sorry? that says for us. <laughs> but we yeah. enjoy talking, whether we'll it's do. in season or out of season. Yeah. Yeah. You'll hear a lot of great things like uh, going number four. <laughs> 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 and with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.